Yo, what's good with you? We are back for a special segment. Not an episode, but a segment. Mm. And it's brought to you by Kid Onyx. My company that I have. Um, Tell us about it. What inspired me to start Kid Onyx is I saw a need for representation in therapy tools, but I would say we're we're on this mental health thing, right? But we still use some of the same practices that were 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, when it comes to raising children and teaching children how to express their emotions. And then we wonder why, you know, black children are more likely to commit suicide than other children of other races or different things like that. And I look at the home and it's like, we're taught from a young age, like that our feelings don't matter. Like you said earlier, get, uh, stop crying before I give you something to cry about. Like yeah. I, I literally already have something to cry about. That's why I'm crying. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but, but it's, it's been, it's, it seems like the culture has minimized children's feelings when they are actually really important and that's one of the reasons why i even became a child therapist because i realized it's a lot of adult people still out here hurting from their childhood trauma and that's why they act this way just think about if this child would have had a therapist or at least somebody in their lives to give them opportunity to share their experience or share their emotions would they still be making these messed up mistakes they're making now probably not so I always thought that way. It's like, that's why I want to work with kids. Like, I mean, I always say I want to save the kids. Yeah, I do want to save them. I know I can't save all of them, but if I can make a difference in their lives by teaching them how to manage their emotions and that their emotions matter, then that's what I'm going to do. So Kid Onyx is a reflection of that and an extension of what I already do as a school therapist. Mm. Um, and I hope to continue and make more products and different things that they like, but, you know, put that little emotional learning in there, you know, right. make it cool, make it cute, but also it's a message behind it. So in this segment, we're going to be talking about, you know, our inner child and also like what we would say to our 10 year old selves. Because there's a lot of things that we thought about ourselves. I, I'll speak for myself. There's a lot of things I didn't like about myself at 10 years old. There's a lot of things that I couldn't handle when I was 10 years old. Or my, my emotions were jumbled and I felt like I was the bad kid. There's a lot of things that I wish I knew. The, what I know now, I wish I knew then. And I felt like it would have you know, made me more confident. But I'm going to go down the line and ask not just like what you would say to your inner child, but how could you tell you were lacking as a child or what were you lacking as a child that you have now? Uh, I think time. You know what I'm saying? If I, if I could go and, and see my like younger self now, I, I would be like, you know, you, <laughs> you're doing good. Just stay here. You know what I'm saying? Just continue. Cause a lot of times, you know, you get discouraged. You, mm-hmm. you sometimes you get an idea of of how things are supposed to look, um, but you know you might forget that everybody's situation is different. You might be comparing yourself to somebody else. You might have an unrealistic idea of what your life's supposed to be. So, you know, um, 
that is definitely something that, that I would also tell my younger self to invest in Bitcoin. But oh my gosh! <laughs> but no, that's that's really you know just 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 stay on course. Um, I, I for sure was lacking patience when, I, especially especially as a little little kid, like you know, little boy, everything got to be done right now. I, I want everything I need right now. I, I want everything, you know, everything to be great right now. Um, I would probably just remind myself that you know, patience is important and everything comes with time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let me think my, uh, 10 year old self. I'm gonna just kind of go off the top. I'm gonna just yeah. try to. I'm gonna try to really visualize my ten year. What comments was on Lil Bean's report card? That's all. <laughs> Yo, Lil Bean's report card. I was the kid who uh, who got good grades, but my teachers always told me that I was like underperforming for my potential. Mm. Because I, school was always easy to me, and I just would just rather just have fun. And I found a lane that if I just do enough to get promoted. That works for me. Right. Even though my teachers were kind of like, you did this too. Like, we know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I don't Yeah, that, that was the type of kid. Uh, class clown. Uh, asking objective questions. How are you telling me that dinosaurs and things were here, but we're doing the Pledge of Allegiance, and you tell me the dinosaurs were... The Big Bang Theory is what got rid of the dinosaurs, but then the Bible was saying Adam and Eve, like, which one is it? Right, I was that type of kid. Like, uh, it's not really making the. I don't know, but uh, something that I would say to my ten-year-old self, I would say, um, that fight that you just got into, uh, it's okay, but just know there's other ways to solve your problems besides violence, besides um, physical altercations. I would say, um. Sports aren't the only way for you to feel successful or that you're accomplishing something, even though that's the majority lean more into the arts. You don't have to shy away from that because that's what makes you feel special. Um, I'd say that you'll eventually grow into your head, kind of, but you feel me? <laughs> just keep doing your push ups and stuff and you'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> you grow to your head, kinda. <laughs> Yo, and I, I, I would just say, like, continue to, uh, yeah, like you're good, like you're, you're, you're destined for some great stuff. Like, keep leaning into you knowing how special that you are, because I feel like at times a lot of our insecurities come from like the people around us, yeah. how they're, how they're responding to us, like all that cry stop crying because i'll give you something to cry for suck it up all this different stuff these are the type of women that you're supposed to like these women are are thotty or or whatever people these are things that you hear as a kid and you 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 repeat that Mm -hmm. i remember somebody told me even at a very young age that it's okay having as much women as you want as long as you don't get caught that was taught to me by an older black man when i was like 10 so i thought like all right cool like got chicks over here chicks over there you see it on tv (laughs) until the first time you get caught and your integrity is checked and you're like whoa Mm -hmm. but this is how i've been operating my whole life like i've cheated before you get what i'm saying in the past and it's like at the time i didn't feel like i was doing anything wrong i just felt like i was being smooth Mm -hmm. until i had to identify like no beans like you're a master manipulator right you know what to say what to put certain pieces to create the narrative that you want. Mm-hmm. Now, manipulation doesn't have to be a bad thing because you can manipulate like a candle. You could change the aroma of a situation. Right. Or you can do it to the demise of someone else's mental health. You have to decide what makes sense for you and the trajectory that you want. So I would just tell younger beings, continue to 
operate and be able to switch whatever narratives in the rooms that you want to be in. But integrity is what you do when no one's watching, not necessarily if you if you're not caught red handed. So I guess the things that I had to unlearn from as an adult, I would kind of tell 10 year old beings like these are things they might seem true because everybody around you is operating in that. But the, the individual that you are lean heavy into that mm-hmm. early. Yeah, I would say for me, um, I'm like, oh, oh man, I hope I don't cry. But for my 10 year old self, the first thing I would say is just you are enough, Nia. You are enough on your own. Um, I think I, I don't know I don't know if I was I probably I was jealous of my little brother I was jealous of my little brother growing up because he got a lot of attention and he was just everything that I wasn't as far as academically he got straight A's he never got in trouble in school and people used to be like oh that's your brother like he's nothing like you you know and I even thought that my parents treated me differently because I wasn't like my brother. And this is my little brother. Like right now we're best friends. But when I was a kid, I hated his guts. Right. Like I hated his guts. I thought that he was my enemy because I never felt like what I was doing was enough to please my parents, to please the teachers. So I now looking back, I see how, you know, I acted out a lot as far as talking back you know, not really listening to authority or doing whatever I want to do when I feel like it because for the attention. I mean, yeah, for the attention, because I knew if I get a report, I mean, if I get a pink slip, which is like a referral, my parents are going to sit down and talk to me and they're going to spend more time with me because I did something wrong. I wasn't really thinking about, oh, morally, I shouldn't be doing this. I was just thinking, well, I know that if I get this, they're gonna, the attention's going to be on me and not on my little brother. Because I mm. just felt like all the attention was on him. And as, as I grew up, I understood that it wasn't intentional, that they were focusing on him. But it felt like it. It felt like it. And I feel like those type of things, when you don't feel like you're enough as a child, it affects you as a woman. Because you start looking for that that uh, validation in other things that may not be necessarily helpful to you. And I'll say for me personally, it was with men. Right. I never really thought I was pretty. I never really thought I was cute as a child. I didn't feel like I was getting attention from my parents. So whenever a boy would show me attention and like be interested in me, it's like I would be too eager. You know, I would do whatever he said. You know, and and that kind of got me in some sticky situations because I'm uh, thinking that oh, this boy likes me. It's it's validation. Like I feel more confident. But also too, what you don't realize is that you giving all that boy that power. Then when he break up with you, you're back even worse right. than what you started off as because you're putting your worth inside of another man. Like he could take that away at any time. Yeah. So. Yeah, to to my younger self, it's just like you're enough on your own. You're you're good on your own. You may not be the smartest or the most beautiful, but you're still cool. Like you're still Nia. Like I I was really having a conversation with somebody the other day. I said, Oh no, that was yesterday. I was like <laughs> thinking back to my childhood self, I would have never thought I would be where I am right now. Right. Like even like the way that people made me feel about my grades like they just wrote me off nobody thought i was gonna get a master's degree 
Nobody right. thought I was going to go to a four-year college. They were just like, oh, well, she's she's okay. Like, <laughs> she's, she might go to a junior college. And nothing against junior colleges or anything, but it was like they would shame me in that way. Like, you're going to end up at a community college. Like, we know. Like that was dead wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I felt, you know, I felt like, oh, well, I, I guess I'm okay with being average because everybody's telling me I'm average or I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. And, you know, all the kids with straight A's, they get glorified. They go into UCLA or whatever. Like, everybody's like, when, when I was younger, it was this thing where people used to always say, oh, oh, my brother going to USC. He going to USC. He's so smart. He going to basketball. He going to USC. It was just like, an ongoing thing, but nobody said Nia's going to Hampton. Right. <laughs> nobody said Nia's going to UCLA. Nobody said that. So it really, I, I really do believe like I had a low self esteem as a child. And I just would like to tell my younger self, like, it's okay. Like, your feelings are valid. You're right. not crazy. You're not uh, weird. You're not overly emotional. Like, your feelings are valid. And like I said earlier, that's one of the reasons why I became a therapist. I'm trying to be that person that I needed yeah, in that time. Yeah, when I was a kid. Because I'm, I'm a young black kid at a private school, only black kid in the class. Like, I didn't really know what to do. You know, my family is so, I don't want to say ethnic, but they like, you know, <laughs> they eat their collard greens and mac and cheese and all that. You know, they from zone. the South. You know, yeah. So I'm bringing all that to an all-white school, and I'm like, nobody likes me here. I'm trying to just be myself, and nobody likes this. Nobody likes my hair. Nobody's saying, Nia's the pretty girl. So I definitely had a low self-esteem um, as a child, and I I just wish I could pour the love that I have for myself now. I wish I could pour that into, you know, little Nia. And I'm grateful for where I am, so I guess I wouldn't say I would change anything. Because it's like, I like where I am now, but I'm just thinking like, wow, if I had that confidence all along, would I be further along? Mm. You know, if I didn't realize my potential so late in life, like, would I be further along? I think that's subjective, though. Further along, further in life, different things like that. I feel yeah. like we're always exactly where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's just more so how you respond in that moment. Because like you said, these are things that you would tell younger Nia. But at the same time, had you had not persevered, unlearned the things that you got from whatever the the West Coast to while wow, HBCU, there's all these different tones as far as what beautiful can look like as a black person. So... I think uh, you should definitely be proud of yourself. You know what I mean? Like, for, sure. for I think for when, when languages sometimes subconsciously come out, which I was further along, with different thing, it kind of dismantles the work that you put into right. where you are today. Yeah. So you feel like find time to still pat yourself on the back, like where I am is where I'm supposed to be. Be present in the moment, and be excited for the direction and the steps that not you the are. Future. Heading. Yeah, yeah. But I also see how. My childhood has me thinking that way. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you two as well. Do you see anything from your childhood that affects your way of thinking today? I mean, even if you unlearned it by now, but did did you see any, I don't want to say trauma, but maybe trauma, anything that happened to you as a child that affected your way of thinking like in a negative way or in a way that's that was unhealthy? Absolutely. I, I, I'll go for it. I remember very vividly um, being born very graceful, 
operating in my youth, the one thing that changed that kind of redirected that um, where my grandmom stayed at, there was like an alleyway. And I remember seeing two dogs chasing a cat and eventually they called the cat and they like ripped it apart. Like it was, it was very, I was probably like six or seven. And that made me realize that the world isn't as peaceful as I thought it could be. Like as a yeah. six or seven year old, I think that's when I started fighting, getting suspended. I'm just kind of like, okay, how can I protect my body? And another point, I'll even get more traumatized, you know, traumatized from like six or seven. Shit. Another point, um, I had very young parents, like mom was 15, dad was 16 type thing. And I started living with my grandma. And me and my mother have a lot more healthier relationship now, but I'm just be bold and honest to say that. I remember when I went over her crib one time and I got disciplined for something, I felt like I was getting beaten by a stranger. Mm. And I remember like feeling that way. Like, why do I feel this way about my mother to transition to now as an adult? Like I said, the relationships are a lot healthy now, but I had to come to a point where I felt like, the world was getting the best beans. Like, oh my God, beans, this, this, and that. I feel like me and my parents were on autopilot. Mm. So I had to kind of like be the one to like step up and be like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Like, I know things are good, but how can we make them great so we can actually get to know each other? But those two moments helped me like, or impact how I operate today. Because now when I see a lot of different people's situations, I'm kind of curious, like, I wonder how's their relationship with their parents parents or yeah. i wonder yeah. like you saying all this about black women how's your relationship with your black mother mm. or how's your relationship with the that's what i go to now and i give a lot of people grace and empathy but at the same time my boundaries are still my boundaries that mean we got to operate or be around each other i'm just able to just kind of be like bet and then just keep yeah. minding have my a business. good one yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you can't can't really do anything about it i i um I noticed two things, like two very distinct things about me today that started when I was so, so I have ASD one that's high functioning autism. Okay. Um, I, I think it was like previously called Asperger's or something like that, but basically it's high functioning autism. Uh, I, I had to learn kind of how to operate socially uh, amongst uh, groups of people, just just any group of people. I had to learn, you know. <laughs> don't count your steps like you know i had to learn don't don't say things that are in your head that aren't polite so like i, I remember i remember i specifically was like maybe nine years old and then my aunt she was trying on uh dresses like wedding dresses and every as she was like trying on new ones you know i was with my mom so she's like oh we like it we like it we like it she came out and one i was like i don't like that i don't like how you're looking at as a nine-year-old like you know, I'm just talking. Like, I'm just saying something. Um, saying what's in my head. And my mom, you know, she was like, boy, you're not supposed to say that. And she right here. Like, I had to learn all of these, like, social cues. So now I feel like, as a kid, because I was my upbringing, I have to, every every time I'm in a social situation, I'm, I am I find myself kind of learning what people are, are saying so I can understand what's acceptable and what's not mm-hmm. acceptable to say in that environment. And I feel like I've done that since I was probably like 11 years old. Uh, and that's, I mean, I feel like it's helped to my benefit because then I know what to talk about. Right. Um, it helps with networking and things like that. But that's definitely something Does it I make you learn. like second guess yourself as far as like what you're going to say? Like, oh, no. not say this? Oh. It never makes me second guess because of what I'm going to say. I say the same thing all the time. But how I say it is affected. So this the same way that I talk to 
Uh, the same way that I talked to the guy to get my affiliate link, you know, uh, Chad was his name. He's like mm-hmm. a middle aged white guy. It's not the same way I'm going to talk to like talk at, at a kickback. You know what I'm saying? I'll say the same things, right. but it's it's completely different how I say it, and yeah. I think that's what I learned. But another big thing is like problem solving. Um, growing up, my <laughs> I used to be bad, man. I used to be a bad little boy fighting in school all the time. You know, I was just real explorative. Let's just say yeah. that. Like, you ain't finna tell me what to do. Yeah, I would do whatever I feel like. So I was fighting all the time, and and it got to a certain extent to where my parents they was like, all right, we we not gonna give you weapons no more. We just gonna have to take stuff away. Like, we gotta take your TV. We gonna you know mm-hmm. you you're not gonna play football if you keep acting up, things like that. So. It got to a certain point where I didn't. I, I was still, you know, doing whatever I wanted. But the mode of discipline became okay. You now don't have a TV or, or something. This is confiscated. You're on punishment. Like mm-hmm. go to your room. And so, growing up with all of those repeated experiences of like discipline and kind of learning what I, you know, doing something wrong and having to deal with it, that made me today kind of deal with problems and problem solve alone. Like I don't, I don't want anybody else in my mm, problem solving process. Yeah. Nobody else needs to like. I'm cool. Like my input is is the only thing that I need at, with this problem. Obviously, that's not true because everybody outside, you know, people have more knowledge. People, right? Have more, yeah, you know, all there's these. other people that can help. But yeah, but yeah. that's that that was something that I had to um, grow from that was in my childhood. Like you don't have to do everything by yourself. You don't got to solve every problem by yourself. You know, you ain't got to. You know, you're not by yourself. You boy. don't have it's to go through things by yourself. Yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what's what's a similarity that I heard between you guys is like the fighting, right? And I'm wondering, like, okay, the fighting, where is that coming from? And like, black boys being labeled as bad automatically after just getting in one fight, mm. rather than it being, you know. You guys were really emotional and you started fighting because that's what's accepted. That's what the norm was. Like somebody disrespect you. It wasn't my feelings is hurt. It's I'm going to hurt him. You get what I'm saying? So I want to I want to talk about like not why you were fighting, but like, is that what was taught to y'all as from from a young age? Like, oh, if, if somebody says something to hurt your feelings, like you need to fight them. Like, what is that about? I, I think it's is is. Repeated behavior that we also saw being done. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm speaking like to I guess my my experience. I know the things that I heard growing up. Somebody say something, they try and play you out, whatever. Automatic response: fight me then. Like it was just like yeah, fight me then. <laughs> it's like embedded. Yeah, it, 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 embedded. It was the norm. Like fight me then. And Tanahasi quotes in his book Between the World and Me. He talked about how as black men were taught we're always in protection mode. We got to protect our bodies, whether it's from the cops. Whether it's from the household, uh, if you just lost a fight, you better not come back until you won. So now we got to protect our bodies from our parents to even the person who we might be fighting. It's like protection mode slash survival mode. And based off of the environment that you come up in, that could actually be protection because had you not fight, you that's not going to stop a person from fighting you. Mm-hmm. And if it's and if it's more of them than you, who's to say you won't get jumped? So now you're physically trying to protect your body in all ways, as well as the egos that we develop as children. Because now if you're the person who's always losing fights. That's factoring in bullying, people making fun of you, and all these different things, whether that's family members, friends, or anything like that. And if you're constantly getting bullied in the class, now you got to get moved to another class. Oh, you the dude who had to get moved over here because you was always getting beat up you old boy right so 
I think it's all these different things, but that's where it came from, and that's where we were speaking about earlier, the things you had to unlearn. So now, if I get into a confrontation, I'm not above responding in a physical way if I feel like my body or whatever needs that. But at the same time, I had to learn to just sometimes be like, bet. Right. My last question for you guys is, who taught you about emotions or how to handle your emotions, and how old were you when you learned that? Um, let me see. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, it was not a conversation like these are emotions, you know, right. but I'm pretty sure I learned how, like how to deal and operate with my emotions from my mom, like all the time. I remember I got in my first and fighting was a little bit different for mm-hmm. me because I, there were mo- at least three times where I was fighting with somebody and in my, I swear in my mind, it's like, you know, this is like football. Like, it's just like, you know, like you just roughhousing. And they were they was legit like <laughs> like they was yeah. with it they was fighting that's happened to me like at least three times in my life so fighting for for me hasn't always had the same connotation like I'm gonna hurt you there have been times obviously mm-hmm. but um, yeah so I, I think that's I'm a bit of an anomaly for that respect but my mom was definitely instrumental in teaching me like all right if you're feeling this way like if you feel, if you feel hurt if you feel sad if you feel down. Why? Like, say it out loud, even if you're only talking to yourself. Like, ex- verbalize what it is, and maybe that might wow. help you, like, fix it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, I've always, I've always done it. I've always just, whatever I'm feeling, any kind of way, I sit down, and I, I, I just be like, what, what, what's going on? Like, why am I feeling like this? And then mm-hmm. I think about my day, and I think about yesterday. I'm like, oh, I'm still pressed about you know the situation that happened three days ago. You know, that's so, a good technique to have. because yeah, my down. parents didn't teach me that. No. I never. No. Where'd you learn from? I don't even know where I learned it from. I feel like I just learned from life, or like my friends, or you yourself. Nobody really. Yeah, nobody really explained to me what exactly I was feeling. I always felt like conflicted as a child. Like, oh, this is my brother, but I hate him. You, it's like, why? Why do you hate him? I don't. I didn't really think too deeply about it. It was just like, I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like him. Or I don't like my mom. Or I don't like my dad. Like, I never really went to that why part mm. um i think i didn't learn that until probably like i want to say college honestly right like why you know the why part and exploring why are you acting this way because yeah. it was just like my parents it was just like do do what i say not what i do so that's what i did <laughs> they never really talked to me about it and not like any knock to them but they just didn't know or they didn't know how to tell me about it so I just handled it in the ways that I did by talking back or talking in class or acting out in class. Getting attention. Yeah, getting that attention because I didn't know how to manage my emotions as a child. So, yeah, I would say I didn't really learn for real until, yeah, college. When I started learning about the brain and psychology and what goes into this, this theory and this theory, and I'm like, Oh, that's why I was acting that way when I was a kid. Because I was this and not that, that, that. So, yeah. 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 I I didn't figure it all out until I became an adult, Mm. to be honest. I think in in closing, because I know we got to wrap soon, mine, um, being completely transparent, most of the emotions that I learned were from women. Like, if I think about each yeah. emotion, from that's from childhood to even adult, whether it's from relationships, friends. Um, I learned from uh, my current relationships certain emotions, but I've also 
were introduced to certain things from past relationships, whether mm-hmm. that was the demise of them, certain things for the it, it's most of them came from that. So that's the best way that I can put my my introduction to a lot of emotions came from like failures. Mm. Mm. Because like I said, being a master manipulator, I've always felt like I'm in control. So it was the moments where I felt like I wasn't in control that introduced me to certain things like, whoa. And then when you face to face with it, it's like, all right, now how are you going to respond to it? Yeah, that's facts. Well, thank you for sharing those things. But the whole point of this is to show the importance of teaching kids about their emotions. And I love your story and how your mom was saying, you know, say why. Why are you feeling this way? Not Mm. that you just feel this way. I'm mad, but I'm mad because what? And that's the whole point of Kid Onyx is teaching black kids how to verbalize their emotions and manage them and talk about them and figure out that why behind the behavior. So we're not just labeling these kids as fighters or just bad or problematic. It's like we're giving them the tools so that they don't have to go through the same things that we went through. So I'm happy that you guys were able to share your experience. I want you guys to check out Kid Onyx. It's kidonyx.com. We have some great things on there, and we have some great things coming. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's been our little Kid Onyx talk. Thank you, guys. (laughs) 